yeah, it was, it was just like the surrealness of, you know, I've been doing gymnastics since essentially I was like four years old and here I am about to like, this is it. I'm like, I'm done. We're going to go out on the field. We're going to score as many goals as we can. We're going to have fun. Oh, Becky, you're well placed. Paul Montague Jr. was an incredible athlete, but he couldn't compete for his high school. Yeah, I went to a large high school. Arrowhead High School in Heartland, Wisconsin. Very, you know, sports heavy, sports powerhouse in Wisconsin. Um, Really good football team and whatnot. This incredible athlete couldn't compete for his high school because Paul's sport growing up it's not a sport you're going to find on a whole lot of high school athletics websites in the U.S. Gymnastics. Paul's journey into this sport started so randomly and so casually. So, I mean, I started gymnastics through like a birthday party. Um, you know, I think I got invited to a birthday party, obviously enjoyed it. And my parents kind of threw me in there because um, it was something to do. You know, kind of this extracurricular, being so young. I think it was about like three or four. He was good at it, and he liked it. That was all that really motivated his parents to sign him up for it every year. They, we, they didn't know a lot about gymnastics, and they learned kind of, you know, as I grew up in it. Um, but yeah, they're, they're fully supportive. Um, and, and we had a, a really healthy relationship, my parents and, and, and me when it came to sports, um, understanding that it is just sports and that there's more out there than, than just gymnastics. Um, you know, every year, you know, until I even, you know, I went to college, they'd ask me, do you want to do it next year? You know, always giving me the option to opt out if you would. Um, and so not a lot of pressure didn't push me so hard. Um, and then obviously school, you know, I need to get into school, I wanted to get into school. So. Each season, Paul opted to go again, putting in work six days a week for 20-plus hours. Soon, he got better than just good at gymnastics. As a kid, the family hopped around quite a bit because of his dad's job, but they eventually landed in Heartland, Wisconsin. The move here was pivotal for Paul's gymnastics career, not because of Arrowhead's sports reputation, which didn't mean a whole lot to the gymnast but because of where Heartland was close to. Heartland was just 19 miles away from Swiss Turner's Gymnastics Academy. Swiss Turner's been around for 117 years and was long the home of this other male gymnast named Paul, the most famous and successful men's gymnast in American history, Paul Hom and his twin brother, Morgan Hom. Good place for a gymnast named Paul. So this Paul went to train at Swiss Turners during his time in Heartland. It was, it, it was different, you know, because, you know, you didn't have the support, if you would, of kind of the high school and, and, and your classmates and things like that. But it was such a, a good group of guys that were so locked in and we had a lot of fun training and, and putting in the hours and we worked hard. Right. And, you know, we had our, our you know, our Russian coaches, Alex and Andre, and, um, you know, they pushed us um for all the right reasons and uh 
we were pretty successful kind of, you know, at nationals, JR nationals. And then once we got into college, um, I think, you know, everything that we put in kind of in high school kind of through that time really paid off. The next stop for the Wisconsin state champion, the university of Minnesota. My time in Minnesota was great. Um, you know, if I could, I, I go back. Like I love, I love my teammates all four years from my freshman year to my senior year. Um, love the coaches, you know, school was great. Um, I love my, my college athletics, college experience at Minnesota. He was locked in for four years. He gave it everything he could for four years. As he put it, he had worked so hard for this opportunity and he wasn't going to quote, piss it away. Um, but definitely, you know, towards the end, I was just shot, you know, my, my mind was shot a little bit. Um, my body, obviously it breaks down by senior year, you know, I, broken my wrist I had two knee surgeries um like you know I'm hurting and I was you know I I was always mentally locked in but I was you know when I graduated I was ready to be done I needed a I needed a break from gymnastics mentally and I I just I was ready to walk away but um you know I I love this so gymnastics that was just something that me personally going on that does, I just needed to, to move on and maybe grow out of it just a little bit before being comfortable to come back and, and being involved in whatever ways I could. His final meet was NCAAs at Ohio state. Yeah. What a, what a weird feeling. I ended on high bar. Um, yeah, it was, it was just like the surrealness of, you know, I've been doing gymnastics since essentially I was like four years old and here I am about to like, this is it. I'm like, I'm done. NCAA championships, you know, like this is it. And um, yeah, good routine. Stuck my, my final dismount. And like, you know, I'm sure there's a photo out there. Like I just kind of rocked my head back. I was like, this is like, it's done. Um, But yeah, I then remember like going, my dad was there um, and like just meeting him after the meet and just like, like it was done, like, like this chapter of my life, like, you know, it's not even, it's a chapter is like, I mean, it's so long, this segment, um, it it was just done, just like, you know, crying, shedding tears, just like, not sad, not excited, just like emotion, um, and then, you know, I got to see all my teammates that were there, like from high school, from Swiss, you know, or at Minnesota, Michigan, Stanford, um, just everyone that that's, that's there, um, and just coming together and, and having that moment too. It's just like, dang. And then my friend, my, my friend, Steven, who graduated the year prior, he was there as well. So it was just like, you know, it's a very good, very good wrap up. Yeah. A moment like this has a different dimension of special now. Fast forward to 2021, five years after Paul graduated and Minnesota men's gymnastics just finished its last season ever. The Board of Regents decided to cut the program last fall in the wake of the pandemic. Paul followed along as the decision was being made. Almost like the same feeling as that last routine, that last meet of like, this is over. But, you know, the difference is this is over my last meet and I get to, you know, see the guys that I got to train. My, my underclassmen come up and, and have these same experiences. But when it got axed, it's just like, this is this is done. It's like you lost like a, like a child, like a pet, like something near and dear, and you can't do anything about it. And, um, yeah, it was just, a, it's a, it's a really sad thing. And, you know, I think Minnesota has a really good men's gymnastics alumni network. 
Um, and so, you know, getting to, to talk with everyone there and, and work through everything kind of in, you know, in, in the, in the heat of things. And then afterwards now it's, it's, it's a, it's a really weird feeling. It's a real thing for this to be the last season. He had given his all to that program. He was even coming back for those, uh, gymnastics alumni meets, but when his time came to walk away back five years ago, after sticking that last landing and hugging all those teammates of past and present, he was ready. I think I had a good transition. I mean, I went back and I was still kind of going into the gym just because it was part of, you know, that routine. I wasn't doing anything. It was like a part of my phase out. I probably needed that. It's like, okay, I'm going into the gym, but I'm not doing anything, you know, just for a little bit to check in. Then I, I finally got out. But yeah, definitely some, some, some funny muscle memory of like, almost like, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night stressed because you have a test the next day or you thought you had a test the next day. Like, oh, should I be at practice? Did I miss morning practice? But did my alarm go off? I don't know. Like, did I miss something? Uh, but yeah, definitely for sure had that. Soon he'd grapple with the question, what would he do now? What would he do now in those spaces in between work, family, social life that athletes fill so mindlessly for decades? I'm kind of like a, kind of a fidgety go, go, go. I, like, I have to like do something. Um, and yeah, I graduated and, and I was, I was looking for something to do, got into the gym, started lifting, got really big, didn't like it. Um, and like, I climbed a little bit when I was younger. And then one of my buddies from work said, Hey, you want to come climbing? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I haven't done it in years. I'm like fell in love with that right away. So that was it. Um, and then it's obviously it's way too cold in Minneapolis and, uh, have to find something to do in the summer. And I, I, you know, snowboarded a handful of times growing up too. kind of got back into there, kind of bounce it out for, for the, for the winter. Um, but yeah, just kind of filling my time with, with things I could challenge myself with. Um, and so, yeah, kind of found those climbing, snowboarding, love to be in the snow. Um, I'm a big biker, like cyclist. Um, actually that was one of the things that I kind of knew after my first knee surgery in school, uh, I bought my bike, my first road bike. And I figured this is going to be something that's good for my knee that I can continue on after I graduate. That's not going to be so taxing on my body. Um, and so I stayed with that, but yeah, all those things, it's like, you know, you can challenge yourself, you can be as competitive as you want. Um, and there's that little bit of an adrenaline rush. So kind of meets everything that I almost had or had kind of growing up and, and doing gymnastics after that. So, and, and, and keeping me occupied. So yeah, that was really big, a big part of the transition. Paul turned to the outdoors. He found a passion for the ways these activities could push his limits and gymnastics had set him up perfectly. It had given him an unbelievable base of fitness, the understanding of training, and the drive to achieve mountaintop height goals. This growing interest in outdoor recreation in part was what drove him to move to Denver two years ago. He got a job in recruiting and more and more began to balance his time at an office with time hitting the trails. It was a trail in June, 2019, or more specifically, a picture of him on a trail that led Paul to an opportunity that was marketed to him as once in a lifetime. This was to be an adrenaline-pumping, drop-everything-in-your-life-to-go type of experience that would play to his athletic abilities and love for the outdoors and adventure. I posted a photo of, of me going out climbing in an area here in Colorado. Someone messaged me, like, under my, or commented on my photo, hey, 
you know, check your DM. How would you like a, like a chance to be on an amazing race type show? I was like, Oh, that sounds sweet. I love the amazing race. Um, I've watched a lot kind of growing up. And then, you know, he sent me a, a lot, this longer message that basically said, it's not the amazing race. It's from the creators, producers of, um, you know, the, the amazing race. This is what this show is. It's called racist into the earth, you know, kind of outlined. Um, she's like, can you hop on a call? I was like, yeah, this sounds, this sounds awesome. Like I'm, I'm so in hop on a call, you know, background. What do you do? This is what it is. Blah, blah, blah. blah. And he said, okay, well, how old are you? And I was, well, I was 25 at the time. I was like, oh, I'm 25. He's like, okay, well, you're a little young. We are targeting like average team age to be around 35 to 40 years old. She's like, so if you could find people that can bring your average up, like we're, we're good. I was like, okay, but like, who am I hanging around? That's like, you know, 40 plus, like, you know, I'm hiking, biking, climbing with, I'm like, okay. And I actually took the call in the office with another coworker of mine. And we're like, Dave, Dave, like Dave would be perfect. Right. Dave, like we go, he goes out skiing, you know, he rips, he charges so hard, you know, probably harder than all of us um you know mountain bikes like yeah dave i'm like dave how would you like a chance to win a million dollars he's like like what are you talking about so we we get him in and then you know we need someone to mesh with us like oh mindy you know our account manager you know we pull her in and you know i was like it was pretty bang bang you know they all had phone calls we hopped on a video call with the producer he said we want to fly you out um they flew us out to, to la and you know they did like a, a day of like personality tests. Um, then a day of, and then we met with the producers. Like it was like 15, 20 minutes. It felt like a, like a blink. It happened so fast and a full physical. And then probably a month later we found out. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, we were rolling from there. So if you're anything like me and you love reality TV shows, there's probably been a time in front of that screen watching Amazing Race, Bachelorette, Real World, whatever it is, where you've asked yourself, could I be on a reality TV show? Paul also did that. Yeah, I always ask myself that question. It's like, I don't know. But I feel like, like I guess I said, I don't know. I don't know if I'd ever be on like one of the, the dating or like those shows, <laughs> but I'm like these adventure, Amazing Race type shows, I'm like, dude, I'd be so in. That'd be so game. Um, you know, I've explored applications for the amazing race and stuff like that before. And, yeah. you know, it's just kind of funny that it, it, they approached me in a way and then, you know, we take it full circle. So that was, was pretty cool. After undergoing all the things TV people do to test you out in LA, Dave, Paul and Mindy, colleagues at BW Bacon in Denver, booked the gig. Paul, already with this routine of doing outdoor rec frequently and being this fit guy he didn't do anything extraordinary to prepare for the show even though he had no idea what was in store for him he trusted himself i kind of just you know business as usual i kept i kept with my stuff you know you know continued climbing riding um you know just generally working out and then we actually as a company we had a couple sessions at a gym in denver um, that's all like body movement stuff. Um, and so we all went out as a company the, the 10, 11, 12 of us and, um, had a couple sessions like that. And then Dave and Mindy, you know, we did, you know, some, you know, a couple hikes. I took Dave climbing once, which was awesome. I took him up and, um, but yeah, you know, not, not too much, you know, we, we didn't 
have a, a, a schedule, uh, you know. They started filming in October 2019. Having cameras in his face multiple hours a day was an adjustment for Paul. That was, that was, that was interesting. That was interesting. And it's funny, my parents were here for the first episode. And I remember having this conversation with my mom. She's like, this is so, this is so weird. Like we're, we're sitting down to watch you on TV and it feels different, right? Cause you know, in school, you know, like our meets, okay. They're on big 10 or whatever. And you watch it, you know, the meet go up. It's like, oh yeah, Paul's in TV or whatever it was. But it's like, this is different than that. And it has a different, you know, it just has a different vibe, has a different feeling. But, you know, being on camera, it's probably like the first two days. It was like a little a little weird and you don't know where to look or, you know, how to answer questions. You know, they have you answer questions in a certain way. Um, but I mean, you, with anything, you get into your groove and, and you just kind of pick it up. But yeah, there's definitely a, a learning curve. And like it, but it's weird. Like, you know, we woke up and it's like cameras are there they're in our face. And it's like this, this is what it is. The qualities gained from being a lifelong gymnast, being a captain on a Division I sports team. In this extreme environment, those qualities stood out. The competitive nature, uh, you know, the determination and, and the hunger to, to keep pushing forward when it gets kind of tough. Um, and I think, you know, that is shown in the first episode and or, you know, will be shown hopefully as, as the show progresses. But, you know, there's a lot of moments where it's like, oh, crap. Like, you know, you're just like, this is really, this is really tough. This is really hard. Um, and being able to push through that and then being able to be a leader, maybe, you know, leading from behind, you know, pushing your teammates forward or leading from the front and, you know, dragging them along or whatever that is, as well as, you know, conflict resolution, you know, we're button heads at times and just understanding of, you know, okay, like, let's take a moment. How can we get through this? Cause you know, we need to, we need to move as one cause moving as three is not going to, you know, help us out. So um, yeah, a lot of lessons obviously learned growing up and in, in college that probably applied on the show for sure. So only two episodes have aired so far. And I was trying to figure out throughout our interview, whether Paul's smile was the smile of someone who had won a million dollars, but I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Uh, Paul can't give anything away, but he can reflect on his time on the show we did a lot of we did a lot of different stuff um a lot of different activities things were thrown at us every day that we didn't know what to expect and you know you wake up every day and you handle it um and so I learned like look being being able to just be adaptable to wake up handle what's you know thrown my way thrown our way um and candidly like do your best, do it really well to execute on, you know, what we're trying, where we're trying to go or what we're trying to do for the day um, was something that was like really fulfilling. So to wake up and be like, all right, you know, today we're going to, we're going to get up this big wall. It's like, I haven't done this before, but no biggie. Like we're going to make it happen. We can be astounding. We can constantly surprise ourselves with our resilience, our heart, the grace and patience we extend to others and ourselves. That's part of what draws our eyeballs into a show like Race to the Center of the Earth. That and the jaw-dropping scenery, which National Geographic, of course, does better than anybody else out there. Um, I do have to report, though, 
officially on this podcast that over the course of the show, Paul was bit. He was bit badly by the reality TV bug. They call me in 30 minutes. I'd be in a plane in 15. It's, it's so addicting. I mean, and this is, it, you know, everything is, is like a once in a lifetime opportunity and or like thing like just it's it's so addicting every day is an adventure it's new you know we get to travel through north america you know all these different you know places and meeting different people and the activities and just it's it's 100 200 addicting i go back in a blank like no questions asked paul won't be twiddling his thumbs waiting around for that phone call he's got big plans to be out in places that are pretty far away from cell service God, where to? I am training for, I guess the big thing this year is training for the triple bypass. Uh, it's a bike race, you know, pretty well known, maybe in Colorado or in the cycling community. Triple bypass bike race, three pass, three mountain passes, about 110 miles, 10,000 feet of gain. Um, so that's coming up in August of this year. Um, I don't know if I'm a seven summits kind of person. Um, but I would love to do some kind of, you know, big mountain alpine climbing and or, you know, technical descents, um, some big couars, maybe Alaska lines, you know, stuff like that. Those are all huge dream things, but, you know, you got to put it up there. Thank you to Paul Montague Jr. for coming onto the podcast and thank you for listening. New episodes of Race to the Center of the Earth come out on Monday nights. You can check it out on Hulu and nationalgeographic.com. Hope to see you next time.